As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Today's episode of Front and Nationwide is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares... You can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Oh, the music of David Cook to bring you in. As if you didn't know what you were listening to already, Aaron Port's on here. Allison Lucan is here. Good morning. Boy, the Blue Jackets. I mean, it's getting to the point here, Allison, where you're just kind of rubbing your eyes and looking at the numbers and saying, can that be right? Right. Uh, I mean... Huge win in Madison, two to one on Sunday. Um, I mean, I, I think the question for you here is which Latvian goaltender, <laughs> Allison, should we discuss first? Because Elvis Merzlikens is the NHL's second star of the of the week. Only Alex Ovechkin and his twenty seven goals or whatever the hell he had last week uh, could keep him from the number one spot. But Matisse Kivleniak, uh, an AHL goaltender these last few years, he goes into Madison Square Garden, gets his first start. <laughs> we found out mid-afternoon he was starting over Elvis Merzlikens, and people are like, you're crazy. No, he's not. No, really? And all the guy does is make 31 saves, 2-1 uh, win, gets his first NHL start in the garden, first NHL win. He was pretty darn good, Allison. Discuss your surprise, A, that he started, 
and be your your impression uh, with the way that that young man played. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly was shocked. Well, I was shocked and not shocked. Let me say this: I think that if you're going to give Kivlinix a start, if it was me, and of course I am not a coach, I probably would have targeted that New Jersey game just from a uh, level of competition perspective. However, after seeing the workload that Elvis had to take on in his last two games in particular against Carolina and then New Jersey, and having him tell us that he was tired um, after the New Jersey game, from that perspective, it didn't surprise me. So surprise and not surprise. And listen, good for this kid. This is a kid who has struggled to find his game this is Matisse great kid but has struggled he spent some time in the ECHL last year hasn't really grabbed a hold of the AHL job necessarily and then comes into one of the best arenas most intimidating arenas in the league and and I think it was I think that that it was his play through the first two periods that kept the game in it and then I think the team in front of him seized the third period to to capture the win this is crazy because Matisse Kivlinix is, I think you can make a strong case that he is the number four goaltender on this team's depth chart. For sure. Although the fact that, and I think part of the surprise to Sunday was that if the Blue Jackets wanted a start in place of um, Merzlikens, that they would have gone to Vinny Vavalainen. Right. Who has been a much better goaltender. It's not really even close. He's been a much better goaltender for Cleveland this year. Then Kivleniak says the assumption, and these things are are dangerous. You know the old saying was that Kivleniak was here because they wanted Vavalainen to continue playing and be ready to come up if they needed a spot start. So they get a spot start, and I think there was a. I know there was a discussion after the game uh, on Saturday when they beat the Devils. Tortorella came into the dressing room and said, "Elvis, can I talk to you for a second? Now that's not the end of the world. That's not uh, that's not that unusual, but it's of note, and you wonder if that conversation right there wasn't." You know, where are we at here? Be honest with me. What, where's your fatigue level? Because the man was, was taking on some water with 10 straight starts. I'm not sure if they didn't have time to get Vavalainen up. If they just, I, I think part of Tortorella's mentality in these games, too, is he was so disappointed with the way that they played Saturday, even in a 5 nothing win, that he wanted that team to really dig in and play against the Rangers. And what better way than to put... Matisse Kivleniak's in another young goaltender who you know they want to play for. Am I crazy here? No, I, I agree. I think that you know that this was a this was a, a jump start, a, a punch in the arm, if you will, to say, remember how you have to play. The, I'm going to give you a really intense reminder in terms of this is a, a fresh first NHL start ever. Um, and I mean, honestly, I still like I said, I think the team could have been better those first 40 minutes. And, and yeah. Kudos to the kid again for for holding on to it. I mean, he had uh, there were more odd man rushes uh, than I think this team is comfortable with, and more than they've yeah. given up in recent games and, and across the season. Um, he had some you know point blank looks from Artemi Panarin of all people, and I think he played well. It's crazy. Um, I thought there were like ten or twelve situations in that game. Sunday where you could almost feel a hell of a scoring chance building mm-hmm. and then it would just evaporate. In one case, the, I thought the Rangers made four passes more than they should have. Yes. 
where you're like, guys, guys, somebody shoot the puck. If you're the Rangers, like, what the hell's happening? Somebody shoot, and they end up getting nothing there. Um, I felt like Panarin was a little bit off his game, was a little bit more into being Panarin the showman than, than Panarin the, the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done this a couple times against Columbus. You can tell he wants to do something special against them. Um, but, yeah, but full marks to Kivleniak. He has a great save on Panarin coming through the slot. He had a couple of other big stops. Um, but what does it say, the larger point of this team? now? That it, so 15-2-4 insane in their last 21 games. Absolutely insane. I think in those 21 games they've allowed 20, I'm sorry, 35 goals, maybe 36 goals. Like it's a crazy number. And I don't intend, I don't mean to take anything away from Merzlikens or Kivleniex or before them Eunice Corposalo. But how much credit goes to the way that, not, not New Jersey, Carolina, I'm not going there. Right. But in the games around these games, how much credit goes to this team and the way that they played defensively in front of those guys sort of cutting their stake in small pieces as I like to say yeah I mean I think this is for some reason I always kind of gravitate towards the defensive side of the game the penalty kill things like that and I think it's it's underappreciated how sound this team has been defensively and honestly as I've thought this through I think that because that's the focus I think that's why it's been easier for the call-ups to contribute because this isn't yep. a run-and-gun team. This wasn't a, oh my gosh, our, our, huge, our hugely offensively leaning team has lost some of its players. You've got to come up and play that way. You've got to come up and score in the NHL because that's how we play. Think of like a Florida team, right? You know, if they lose their guys, their call-ups have to play fast. Think of a Carolina, same kind of idea. That's not what these call-ups were asked to do. These call-ups were asked to come up and play a sound defensive game, limit chances, keep quality chances to the outside, block shots when you have to. And, um, you know, look at Sergei Bobrovsky in Florida. He didn't suddenly become bad overnight, but he is playing behind a defense that allows more quality than he has seen in his career. So he's seeing a completely different game in front of him, and, and his game is suffering right now because of that. And I think that when you – I've been saying this all season. You look at this Blue Jackets team, they are top two to five on any given day in the league in terms of limiting shot quality against. And that can make it really, really easy for a young goaltender acclimating to NHL play or acclimating to a starter role – to get comfortable and play well. And that's not to take away from those guys. They've played great. But what this team is doing in front of their goaltenders is is truly remarkable. Yeah, and what and this is what John Tortorella and his staff have drawn up from day one. Yep. It wasn't there the first five, six weeks of the season. Um, if you remember, and I know you do, Allison, it was we have to limit – Odd man rushes. We have to limit breakaways. Right. Oh, my God. The first 20 games was like, whoa. There were so many of them. I almost think they were so focused on it that it became a thing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but they that's the one thing. And I've got the numbers here. They've only allowed 35 goals in their last 21 games. That's insanity. I mean, that's like – let me look here. That is that – is, that is, 
that's 1.67 a game. That is 0.71 fewer goals per game than any other team in the league. That's a huge golf, 0.71 over the last 21 games. So since December 8th, they're allowing almost three-fourths of a goal less per game than any other team in the league, which tells you how, like, that's out of whack. Most of these numbers, when you start to look at multiple games, 15, 20 games, that what separates them is a tenth of a goal it's crazy. or 0. 0.05. To see a gap of 0. 0.71 is just... You don't see that. You don't see that. But it, it, over this last stretch of games, 21 games, I, how many breakaways have they allowed? Like, there was, I mean, genuinely allowed, not... Not so stick I, breaking, I, not... Yeah, 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 not Seth Jones shot block, his stick breaks, and away it goes the other direction. Right. Those all count. How many have they allowed through their actual play? And, man, I don't, I don't think it's any more than three or four breakaways and maybe no more than like nine or 10 odd man rushes. And we're talking 20 plus games. Is that, that, does that seem right to you? Yeah. I mean, it, it feels right. And this is, this is where it's frustrating because the only way we can know for sure is if we go back and watch, you can't, no one's recording odd man rushes (laughs) to, to look up and somebody um, record those. Well, Hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty impressive now. I will say, I that you know, the flip of this is, and it's really hard. You know, I had some people um, in my mentions uh, after the New Jersey game because a, a five-zero win is a gaudy, wonderful score sheet win. Yes. But this team is this team does need to refocus. Tor- John Tortorella is not yes. wrong in what he's saying. If you look at, you know, I keep talking about shot quality against, shot quality against. It's going up, particularly in these last 12 games or so. And the offensive creation is going down in terms of quality. Um, I do think part of this is that, you know, there are a lot of call-ups in this lineup. And and Mm -hmm. you can't replace an Oliver Bjorkstrand. You can't replace a Cam Atkinson. But... You know, as much as there was, quote-unquote, bad puck luck to start this season for this Blue Jackets team, they're benefiting now, but they can't, they can't, as Torts would say, let it get too good to them because there are some, some leaks in the foundation of how this group is playing that they need to patch up and refocus on the style of play that has made them so successful and allowed them to get back in this race. Yeah, I think whenever you're on a streak like this, when you look back at when a streak ends and the team sort of levels off, there are usually signs a few games before the leveling off occurs Mm -hmm. where you say, oh, yeah, it started to slip there and they got away with it. That's why I think he was so pissed off. They beat New Jersey five to nothing, and it almost feels disingenuous to be upset about a game like that. He was not happy. I remember I was, I was, I had a tweet lined up and ready to go. I know it's four to nothing here, but the blue jackets have not played well at five, nothing. Well, shit, I can't send that tweet (laughs) now. That doesn't make a lot of sense. They they did not play well in that game. No horrible goaltending on Jersey's point. And I think he's just really worried about a team was really worried. Maybe the Rangers game rectified that a little bit really worried about a team that was sort of letting it slip and getting away with it. Um, if, if I can look at the, at the other end of the, uh, the other end of the ice here, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here, Allison in this 15, two and four stretch, 
How many different players have game-winning goals? Just take a guess. This isn't something anybody would know, but what is – give me a guess. Well, those of us who track these things know. You hold on one No, what I mean second. off the top of your head. Well – I'm not saying to look it up. I'm saying guess. Uh, I looked it up. I'm, not, I'm smart enough to do that. Well, I'm going to say – You're looking it up. I, I can am, hear your fingers. I, <laughs> I can hear your fingers. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Well, 12 different players, Allison. Okay, but you know what's impressive? As I look here, Dubois has three of them. He does. And Bjorkstrand does. has two. Atkinson, yes. Felino, Wenberg. But look at some of these names Stenland, that have game-winning goals. Gavrikov. Yes. Nash. Wierenski. That's Benstrom. crazy. I mean, it, the, the thing is, it's, it, it's, it's coming from everywhere. Yes. That's, that's been part of the joy of this is to see different people um celebrate each night guys that haven't typically celebrated right eric um, robinson has one eric robinson it was kivleniak's the other night and not the game-winning goal but to celebrate the other night the way those guys really rallied around him it just feels like a really special time yes uh, for this organization and just to give you a little we we, we spent the sunday talking to nhl guys uh, goaltending guys around the league um, Marty Biron, Kevin Weeks, Darren Pang. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked to Michael Lawrence, who is who is um, Elvis's um, coach. Elvis, yeah, Europe. Elvis's coach back home, and got some thoughts on these guys as to as to what they see in this player. And the and while the Blue Jackets may be holding back a little bit and trying to sort of keep the uh, fervor under check, these guys just unleashed, and they are in. Th- Enthralled with what's happening with with Elvis right now. I had Chico Resch singing "Falling in Love with You" in my ear to almost an, an uncomfortable length uh, Sunday. Chico, uh, please, Chico, are you are you with me? Um, but yeah, it's really fascinating. This is such a fascinating time uh, for this team, and it's so out of nowhere, which is what makes it, um, I think, even even more impressive. I'm looking at these stats here. Uh, Vladislav means nothing, but Vladislav Gavrikov plus 16 Stop. over the last 21 games. Woo. Stop. Um, so let's, uh, let's discuss this because so much was made about how this team played uh, without the injured players. And there are players, people saying, who needs them? Send these guys out. Just let Ryan McGinnis and these guys play. Right. Well, players do make a difference. Yes. They make a difference. Cam Atkinson comes back. I think he's got three goals in his Correct. in his three games back. Three goals, two assists. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand comes back. Two goals, two third period goals Sunday against the Rangers. Um, boom, boom, bar down that wrister. These guys coming back at this time could be absolutely huge, and we'll see what occurs over the break. We understand that Ryan Murray may be ready to return on uh, on the other end of the break. I don't know where Josh Anderson is. He's been skating quite a bit. Maybe he's ready. Uh, they may have gotten through this stretch okay, Allison. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting. I've been talking to some other analysts around the league, and what's interesting is that, you know, this is everyone said, you know, what is this team going to do at the trade deadline? And that's still a ways off. There is still hockey to be played, of course. Yep. But in a way, these players coming back is almost like, trade deadline acquisitions yeah. without having to pay anything, <laughs> right, um, right. which is good for this club. I mean, we all know that this club has a lot of cash, but they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily flush with trade assets. 
um, to, to get another piece of talent in here. So I think it's huge. I think it's important for these players that they were able to come back and contribute. I think it's important to their coach that he sees that they come back and contribute and slide right in, that they don't diverge from what, what the team was trying to do. Um, and I think, it, I mean, the team needs it. The, like I outlined earlier, the team needs offense. Um, the penalty kill needs Cam Atkinson. You know, these getting these guys back, getting Ryan Murray back will be massive for the whole idea of going north um, from the back end for sure as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think one thing we've seen is this all-star break paired with the five-day uh, players association break this has created now another a bigger i think line of demarcation in the season mm-hmm. where there'll be a game 51 after they play winnipeg on wednesday when they come back there's still 30 games to go it's still the trade deadline that is the big oomph right that's the big okay now is now you fight for pole position um but i think this creates a a a bigger gap in the schedule where when it comes back you say okay here comes a big push. Yep. And I think teams ramp up at on the other side of this break um, every time. And they'll, they'll need to because for all the work that they've done, they're still nowhere near guaranteed anything. Uh, the push needs to continue. They are on pace to almost match last season's point total right now, which is just crazy. They're Insane. Through 50 games, they've got 60 points. Last year through 50 games, they had 59 points. And it just, Allison, it just feels totally different, doesn't it? I mean – Last year, 59 points through 50 games seemed, uh, frankly, disappointing. Uh, the season, that, that team just never felt like the like it ever got all eight cylinders opened up and, and really floored it until much, much later in the season. This season, I think you feel like this team's putting it all out there um, much earlier in the season. And for better or for worse, they, they don't have the talent they had last year. But they, this team is is really laying it on the line in a way that I think harkens back to 16-17. And in some ways even harkens back, to me, to the first year of the organization where mm-hmm. where there's this who are these guys sort of thought process with a lot of the things that they're accomplishing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, last I've, – I've said this on this podcast a couple times now. The feeling in that room on opening night was so different this year just such a different energy and it that's not to I'm not putting that at anybody's feet but there was just so much hanging over that team last year the whole year and when it wasn't actually when there wasn't actually stuff happening it was people from outside saying hey is something happening <laughs> so i mean there was just so much of that there was so much so many question marks and and i think honestly going through that and you and i touched on this this summer when we talked about kind of we kind of pulled back the curtain on some of the drama that did go down and I think going through that makes these guys appreciate that it's absent now um, for better or for worse I think it made them stronger as a group I think they're really pulling together for each other Um, I agree for me this definitely feels like 16 17 and just a oh yeah we'll show you and a big middle finger to everyone who said this team wasn't going to be worse squad yeah, and I feel like there's a different energy in the building too. Oh, for sure. Um, not not right now than there was like during the playoffs last year. That's an unfair comparison. Right. 
when they're beating Tampa Bay in the first round. That that's its own own animal. But the energy in the building right now versus last year's season, this feels this feels like a team that this city can't help getting behind. Yeah. Like they, they they recognize what's going on out there. Whereas again last year it just felt like, oh for God's sakes, guys, come on. Like Panarin played hard and, and played well. Bobrovsky wasn't really great for long stretches, but they just couldn't get anything. They gave up a lot more goals than they should have last year. They just were sloppy and not together for the first sixty games or so before they got it together. This is a team that again may not be as talented, is not as talented. But this is a team that the city seems to be getting behind. I was really impressed with the crowd on Saturday. It was a great atmosphere. Oh, fantastic. I mean, and it's, you know, we've we've joked about this in the past. You know, the gauge is how many random people come up to you and start talking about the Blue Jackets. And I had... Yeah. I had a neighbor come up to me when I was walking the dog a couple of days ago, What's, wanted to talk at length. You know, I had to kind of, okay, I'd, it, moving along, <laughs> but wanted yeah, to talk right. about this team for a significant amount of time. I was leaving the gym this morning and, and the coach at the gym said, hey, tell those Blue Jackets to keep, keep it up. I mean, you know, f- feeling the connection is real. And it, it's, again, we're going through one of those times where it's broadening, right? It's yeah. a... You hear it mentioned more and more in casual ways, which means word is getting out. Yeah. And and not to belabor this point, but there are only certain players who can reach beyond hockey fans and Blue Jackets fans and hit people that aren't necessarily passionate about either of those things, hockey or the Blue Jackets. Mm Mm-hmm. Elvis Merzlikens is one of those guys. Absolutely. It's the name. It's the game. It's the personality. I have people, I'm walking the dog, and I've got people saying, wow, did anybody know about this Elvis guy before the season? And I'm like, <laughs> this Elvis guy. Uh, yeah. They're like, wow, that's great. We might go to a game, right? And these are people that are like, how are they doing otherwise? But they've heard of Elvis. Right. Right. And you're like, wow. And we've seen this in sports where there's certain guys – certain players, certain athletes that transcend the league or the team that they're on. I don't know why it does necessarily, but it does. It reaches people. My mother-in-law is fired up about Elvis, <laughs> even though she can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> this is just what, what's, uh, what's going on. So it feels like I, I don't – I don't. this is a good question, but Allison, do you feel like they're in the infancy of something or at the peak of something for this season? Well – that's a good question. I, I th- listen, it, <laughs> it's, I think that uh, everyone needs to understand that this team can still end this season very successfully, but it's not going to keep up at this pace. It's just, there, as you said earlier, the, the streak will level off. Um, right. play, will, play will will drop from time to time. That is That does not mean the sky is falling. So they might be at a peak in that context, but I think that... Um, I'm going to step on my soapbox a little bit here. I'm sure the organization is just going to love this. But if if I think they should be at the start of something to the point you just made. I mean, this we are talking about a generation of players coming into the league who are willing and able to be part of getting the message out about the sport, about the team, about the organization. They want that. They want to show personality. They want to show diversity and difference and who they are beyond someone in gear shooting a puck at a net. 
And I think that if this organization is smart, they grab hold of this wave from a from an organizational perspective, from a marketing perspective. I mean, you focus on the product on the ice first, of course, but they should be at the start of something that could be really, really special in terms of connecting this organization through these players to this city. I think it could, it's a huge opportunity that I really hope they seize. Yeah, they've taken 34 out of their last 42 points. Insane. Going back to early December, which is, that's really something. I mean, it's, we may look back upon the stretch and say this is one of the most important stretches in the history of the organization. I think it's bigger than the, the commodities that they've built. I think it's bigger than the 16 game win streak, honestly. Yeah, Tom made that point a couple weeks ago. And it yeah. was, uh, he was, his point was that the point streak that they had this year was more impressive than that. I, I still look at the 15, two and four as all part of one big thing. What's amazing is there's, <laughs> Their two losses are to San Jose. I know. <laughs> like, really? Right. Of all the – they beat Boston twice in there. I mean, there's like Washington, a lot of examples yeah. you can lose. Yeah. But they, they could easily, easily have a 21-game point streak. Listen, listen to me. Get a hold of yourself. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's wild. And we'll uh, – if they hit a break on Wednesday, they may not want to hit a break, but I think there's some guys in there that need it. Yeah. Um, so – Wednesday, Winnipeg, and then after that, you won't hear from these Blue Jackets for what is it? Eight more days? Yeah, it's a, a, a almost a, almost ten, almost ten full days. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll uh, keep you covered through there. We'll have a podcast, of course, on Friday. A subscribers only podcast is is, is what we do on Friday. Um, but thanks for listening to us. Anything we need to add here, Allison? No, I think we covered it. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading our stuff. There's lots of good stuff up there. Uh, Allison did, as she mentioned earlier, quite the breakdown on Sergei Bobrovsky and where and why his game has gone south. Is it all Sergei? Is it the Panthers before him? Uh, as as noted earlier, we'll have a, a very large piece with some of the prominent former NHL goaltenders, now broadcasters, uh, speaking about Elvis Merzlikens and what all they see in his game uh, his name and his uh, his passion, his performance. So look for all that. And, and of course, we'll be uh, with you Wednesday night from Nationwide when the Blue Jackets play the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, thanks thanks to David Cook for that great music. Thanks for producer Adam Gracia. And we will talk to you all again on Friday. Take care.